Amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, uh, I wanted to just let you guys all know, as most of you probably know, Pastors Mark and Pastor Pam, they are celebrating their anniversary, so they are not here tonight. Um, So it's a great honor and great privilege to introduce our speaker tonight, and we're just going to let him come up here and just take it away. So will you guys give it up for Pastor Aaron as he makes his way up? Appreciate you, homie. Awesome. So good to be in the house of God tonight. So good to see some familiar faces, some new faces. Those of you that don't know if I look familiar, it's because I'm Pastor Mark's son. That's right. So I got all the good looks. So I don't know about my brother and my sister. If you're watching this, sorry, man. It's just passed down. But uh, <laughs> man, I'm excited about what God is doing and uh, really excited about he, he's just, he's just amazing. You know, all, and I love that song all, all my life. He has been faithful all my life. He's been so good with every breath. I'm able, I'm going to see the goodness of God. It's not only the true statement. It's a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith. And I'm excited to be here uh, my wife and my family is here and uh, excited that they're here with me tonight. Beautiful wife. Come on. 20, almost 22 years. Wow, this year, she put, up with me, she put up with me that long. Can you believe that? I can't. Might as well sing that song again, The Greatness of God. That's for sure. Today is Valentine's Day after all. You know, uh, so my name is Aaron, and I'm actually lead pastor of Radius Church on the other side of the city. And uh, we're just, man, we're just sister church with, here at Harvest. We just, we love this church. Those of you who don't know, I served here for 15 years uh, here at this church as a youth pastor and executive pastor. And I love this church, man. I love this place. I love uh, just what God is doing. And it's amazing. It's just amazing to see. So I feel like I'm coming back home. I feel like this is just, just home. So I'm just going to act like it's home. Is that good with everybody? Are we good? Are we good? And Pastor Mark, I meet with them every single week for, for coffee on Wednesday. And we talk all about you guys. You know, all good things, of course, but, uh, <laughs> but, but anyways, you know, we, we meet every week and we talk about it and man, he loves you and, uh, he loves you tremendously. He prays for you. Hope you know that you have a pastor who loves you so much, uh, cares about you. And, uh, I know sometimes you just, you know, you don't want to take that for granted. You know, he, he really does. So just to let you guys know that and, I'm excited tonight. We, he said that he preached a message on love. I said, what'd you preach on? He's like, I preached on love. I said, well, it's Valentine's Day. I might as well piggyback on that. So we're going to talk about it a little bit tonight. But before I get into it, let's pray and ask God to speak a message to our heart. Because we didn't come just to hear what any man had to say. We come to hear only what God has to say. Amen, everybody. Let's pray. God, we come before you today. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. We ask you, God, tonight to speak to us. Lord God, help us to see what you want us to see, to know what you want us to know, and to become who you've called us to become. That you would change our lives, God. That you would mark our hearts, God. That your word would penetrate deep into the soil of our heart, God. That there would be fruit on the inside that comes on the outside because of your word. But I ask you, God, that everything that you plant on the inside of us would never stay with us. God, may there be fruit. May may it come on the outside that we would make the biggest difference Father, in our lives, that others would see and know that you are God through our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and those who agree, said, amen. amen. I want you guys to say this word out to me. Say, uncommon. uncommon. Say it again. Say, uncommon. uncommon. 
Now say to the person, uh, say to the person next to you, say uncommon. uncommon. Now say to the other person you decided to ignore, say you uncommon. I don't know if that was an insult or if that was a, if you're married, you were like, you uncommon. You want, you uncommon. So I'm gonna give you a little couple, uh, since it's Valentine's Day, y'all, y'all good with some Christian pickup lines? Y'all, y'all good with that? All right, how about this? How about this? Come on. Some of y'all, you need it. Some of you dudes out there, some of you young fellas, you need to step up your game. I'm going to give you some stuff here, okay? How about this? Uh, here, here's some Christian pickup lines. <clears throat> so I might look at my wife and say this. <laughs> Girl, we talk about being spirit-led. Well, the spirit led me straight to you. All right? <laughs> Girl, your name, your name must be Milk or Honey because I feel like it's something I was promised. <laughs> Watch this. Is it hot in here or is that the Holy Spirit burning inside of you? So I was wondering if you know what Paul said when he, meant, when he said in the Bible, greet each other with a holy kiss. <laughs> Y'all know the Bible a little bit, okay? It's, Right? How about this? Girl, you must be a Bible verse because I cannot stop memorizing you. (laughs) Girl, you and me are loaves and fishes, and together we might be a miracle. (laughs) Hi, my name is Aaron, but you can call me Will, God's will. All right, all right, all right. All right, settle down. So we're going to talk about relationships a little bit tonight. And um, we're going to talk about, and really this, this message is titled Uncommon Commitment. Uncommon Commitment. To create an uncommon commitment. But I, I believe, honestly, that godly relationships are possible, but they can be possible but not probable. And they're only probable if we take some steps. And so if we define relationships on our own terms, then it'll actually struggle. But if we define relationships based on God's terms, then it'll flourish. And I personally believe that what you have plus God is enough. That what you have plus God is enough to get you through any obstacle that can get, that can get you through any force that might come up against you. Can I get a good amen? amen? By the way, when you say amen, I preach faster and you get out quicker. And all God's people said, amen. Yeah, that's the best amen I got. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You can follow in your, uh, in your Bibles, um, or it's going to also be up on the screens. You can use your iPhones, uh, or you can use your eyelids, whichever one you want to wear. It's going to be up there. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. It says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. So this world has behaviors and it has customs and it has customs and behaviors that are really widely accepted. But the problem is it's leading to greater problems. And honestly, in fact, Hollywood expresses it in a certain way and the way that they express it is not real and it's not true, but that's the way that they're feeding us through our ears. Now I'm all for a good movie but I'm not going to allow that movie to, to really uh, help me understand what life really is all about. You know, I mean, we got these movies that we love these, we love these lines like, you complete me. And we're like, oh, isn't that sound nice? That sounds nice, but it's not true. 
It's not true because there's only one person that can complete you, and his name is Jesus. Can I get a good amen? And so it says we can't copy the behaviors and the customs or the phrases of movies in this world, but we have to let God transform you. We have to allow God to transform us. And so this means to allow God to transform us that, that God never asked you to do something just because. He never asked you to do something just, just because. No, he changes you so that you could do it. So we let God transform you into a new person by doing what? By changing the way that you think. And so this is what I'm endeavoring to do to help you tonight this message. You know, I can't change you. I'm not God, but he can. I can show you what God's word says so that he can transform you. Because if you do that, if you allow God to transform your thinking, if you allow God to transform you into this new person by changing your thought life, by changing the way you think, it says this, here's the promise. Then you'll know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Come on, help me preach this. Good and pleasing and perfect. This is God's design for you. But before I get to God's way, I want to talk about the world's way. Maybe you can identify it. Look up on the screen or write this down in your notes. It says this. The world's way is this. Number one, it's find the right person. Find the right person. I'm trying to search for Mr. Right. I'm trying to search for Mrs. Right. I got to find the right person. If I could only find the right person. If I could find them. After all, the Bible says the man who finds a wife finds a good thing. Right? So I'm trying to find the right person. But let me just tell you something. The order at which you pursue something really matters. Like the foundation of something really matters. And if you get the order wrong, then anything that you build it on is going to be wrong as well. So the world's way is to find the right person through through your job, marriage, or you go on a hunt. And then it says this, uh, right? It says, um, I'm trying to find them. Find the right person. Number two, it says fall in love. So we got to find the right person, and then we got to fall in love. People talk about falling in love like, the, like a ditch they fell into. It's like, I fell in love. Okay, you know, like, I just, are you okay? Like, don't stay down there. All right, so number three, so, so find the right person, fall in love. Number three, fix your, all your hopes and dreams on them. This is the world's way. So I'm going to put all my life in your hands, and you got to make me happy. And you got to make me happy. So, so really, you're actually setting yourself up for failure right here. And then number four is, if failure occurs, and it will, repeat steps one, two, and three. Now, this may be your life. It, it may have been your past. Thank God your past don't define you. But the thing is, is it's like, I got to find the right person. I've got to have some semblance of love. I got to fix all my hopes. I'm going to put all my hopes and dreams on this one person. And if it doesn't happen, you know, well, no, guess what? Just rinse and repeat. Let's just have a do-over. And we treat relationships like a microwave society. This is what I got to do. This, this is what I have. So, but but isn't, isn't this a picture of the world's perspective? Do you not see that? Right? And, and the problem is, is we want to do married things without commitment. Mm-hmm. He said that. And then when I get tired of you, I'll just find someone else because that's my option. And I just guess you weren't really the right person for me in the first place. This is common for a lot of people. Like, and it sets us up for failure. There is a better way. There is a better way. There is God's way. I'm going to show it to you. Here we go. God's way. God says this. Don't try to, be, don't try to, don't, don't try to find the right person. Watch this. Become the right person. Someone say become. 
become the right person. In other words, I bring something into the relationship. I'm not expecting that relationship to bring something to me. You see what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm bringing something to it. I'm not just being affected by it. I'm allowing God to do a work on the inside of me. So for me, I got to be the best husband, be the best father that I can be. And then I don't fall in love. Number two, watch this. I walk in love. So I don't just fall in it. I walk in it. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And it's not what you feel. It's what you do. In fact, not in your notes, not up on the screen. Colossians 3.14 says that love is a virtue that you got to put on. Of all these virtues, put on love. So I got to really choose to do this every single day. Why? Because my feelings are selfish. My feelings don't always want to love. I don't always feel like loving. You know, um, <laughs> people, feelings don't want to love unloving people as well, right? Right? So how do you do that? You got to put it on. I promise you there are times when you don't feel like loving me. And vice versa. But, but this is what we do. You know, we, we, we put it on. So here's the deal. So we're, 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 we're going to become the right person. We're going to walk in love. Number three, watch this. You're going to fix all your hopes and dreams on God. You're going to fix all your hopes and dreams on God. He is my ultimate source. He is the ultimate pursuit of my life. Why? Because you can't expect something from somebody else that which only God could give you. So only God was designed to give you certain things and another person wasn't designed to give you that. And then number four, if breakdown occurs, just repeat steps one, two, three again. This is God's way. This is God's way. Is the world's way and here's God's way. I'm going to talk to you about an uncommon commitment, creating an uncommon commitment. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. You can go there in your Bibles. Uh, It's going to be on the screen as well. Because I'm going to talk about relationships, and we're going to talk about singleness, we're going to talk about marriage, but really, we're going to talk about relationships, plural. And most marriages fail because of a lack of commitment. And there's a lot of people that consider relationships disposable. You guys, we see this all the time. It's messy, throw it away. We have a mindset, a lot of times, of a contract. Like, do this for me, and I'll do this for you. Like, this reciprocative type of love, right? And God's way isn't a contract, it's actually a covenant. It's a covenant. It's permanent. And you got to be willing to stick it out through tough times. And in Hebrews 13 verse 5 says this, this is how God views you. This This is how God views his relationship with you. He said, hey, guess what? Never, never will I leave you. How often? Never. Never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. You know, I was reading a scripture one time. And the scripture is this. He says, and the scripture says, God said, uh, if you will draw you know, nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. And, and that scripture says, if you, I mean, another translation says, if you draw near to me, then I'll draw near to you. And I was like, God, that's so interesting. And he said, the reason why I draw close to you is because you took steps towards me. He said, Aaron, I never took a step away from you. He said, I'm the same at all times, at all places, and for all people. He said, he said, he said, when you draw nigh to me, I draw nigh to you. I'll draw near to you, but I never left you in the first place. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Aren't you good? Isn't that, isn't that a good word? I was like, man, God, that's, that's an amazing word for me. Because we're the one that takes steps away, right? And we're the one that takes steps towards. 
God is so good. God said, you can never outrun my love for you. I'll never turn away. And you could say, well, that's God. That's, that's his covenant with us. But I would tell you this, he wants us to become like him. He wants us to become like him, which means he wants us to have that same type of commitment that he has towards us. And it's not easy, right? Because relationships are work. The work, right? I know their work. And so we have a choice. We can get bitter or we could get better. That's the choice that you got. I'm going to show you this, Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. It says this in the message translation. This is um, in the, uh, that God is speaking through the prophet Malachi. Here's what he's talking about. This is, this is what he says. He said, here's another thing that you do. You fill the place of worship with your whining and complaining because you're not getting what you want from God. And you're like, why, God? What's going on? I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting the things that I need. I'm not getting the revelation that I need. I'm not getting the respect that I need. I'm not getting what I need out of this relationship, God. And he said, "Uh oh, you want to know why? It's simple. Here's why. Because God was there as a witness when you spoke your marriage vows to your young bride. And now you have broken those vows. You have broken the faith bond with your vowed companion, your covenant wife. God, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does he want from marriage? He wants children who will follow him. And I could go into this, what he's talking about. He wants godly children, not just godly children from a physical sense, but there is a spiritual reproduction that God wants us to have in husband and wife. This is why he created the nuclear family to be one man, one woman in marriage, a husband and a wife, because it's not just, it wasn't just merely about procreating and about replenishing or populating the earth. He wanted to really move spiritual blessing down through the generations as well. So he wants children who will follow him So guard, watch this, so guard the spirit of marriage within you. The spirit of marriage, the spirit of union. Guard the unity inside of this covenant relationship and do not be unfaithful to it. Do not be unfaithful. So in our hearts, we got to commit to relationships we got to commit to it even when we're still working it out. And I would say that there's a difference between being married and being happily married. Because some of us, maybe in this room, have been married for 30 or 40 years. You're like, well, but I mean, you, you, it might be good. And you might have longevity. But it, is, it, is it happy? Quiet here in this church. Okay. Because there's a difference between being happily married. I'm all grateful for sticking through a union and, you, and, I, and having faithfulness, but it's different than just, well, I'm just going to accept life. This is just the way that it is. No, if God gives you the capacity to love, he gives you the capacity to change. Yeah. Say this out loud. Say, I can change. change. Not Say it like you believe it. Say, I can change. I can change. You can change. You can change. You can take it up a notch. Commitment, this is what it means. It means staying true to your promise long after the feelings of the moment have left you. I'm going to say it again. Commitment means staying true to your promise long after the feelings of the moment have left you. 
So we got to think through those commitments that we made, right? And we got to remake them again today. Make commitments to your spouse. Make commitments to your kids. If you got friends, make commitments to your friends, right? You got to stay true to your promise. A man swears to his own hurt and does not change. I'm going to, I'm going to actually believe it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to be committed to it. Even when the feelings have left. Let me say it another way. Choices lead, feelings follow. Everybody say this. Say, choices lead, feelings follow. Feelings follow choices. Right? That, that, that feelings follow. I don't know what you're thinking, because maybe I can feel a little bit of the tension in the room. Oh, Aaron, you don't know my situation. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. Like, it's hard. It's tough. It can't be done. Whoa. In your own power, you can't. But through him, he can. And last time I checked, he said that you can do all things through Christ. Who does what? Who strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You just have to allow yourself to be strengthened. Because sometimes your will gets in the way of God's strengthening in your life. Because you're resisting it. As Pastor Mark says, thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) Woo! Aaron, I could do what? I could do all things? How? Through Christ. Let me say it like this. There's nothing that I can't do that God asks me to do whenever I do it through him. He gives me the power to do it. He gives me the power to do it. In Christianity, it's, just, it's not just a learned behavior. God is a God not to just be, un- to be understood. He is a God to be experienced. So he wants to do a transforming work within our lives. So I want to give you now just five commitments. I'm going to give you five commitments that God gave you and that you, in turn, can give others, especially the person that you're married to, the person that you're designed to give love to the most. And if you do these five commitments that God gave you, I want you to experience them, not just hear them. If you do it, uh, and if you embrace the commitments that God gave you, it'll give you capacity to do it for others. It'll give you the capacity to do it for others. He doesn't just want you to obey him. God wants you to experience the full expression of his love towards you. The full expression of his love. And let me just tell you this. The secret to Christianity, hear my heart. The secret to Christianity is falling in love with God. The secret to Christianity, it's not about, it's not do's and don'ts. I know we've heard, maybe we've heard this before, but let me explain it like this. In the Bible, in John, it says this. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I know what we think. We think so many times, well, if I love him, then I got to do what he says. If I love him, I got to do what he says. But you, you have a choice which side of the comma that you live on. You can live on the work side of Christianity and base your beliefs, base everything on your beliefs, your associations, your performance, or you can base it and live on the other side of the comma and base it on his love. Hear my heart, because this, this, this is the arena with which I I hope and I pray that you live. 
Because if you just say, well, I, I, I've got to prove my love towards him, that's not grace. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying this, fall in love with God. If you love me, you'll do what I say. Why? Because of your love relationship for me. Did you know in John chapter 15, he said this, he's telling his disciples, he's saying, abide in me, guys, abide in me, remain in me. And on that same journey that he was telling, the same time he was telling him, remain in me, he predicted that none of them would. He said, he said, what's going to happen is the shepherd's going to be struck and the sheep are going to scatter. And so this is what he said. He said, you know, and then you got Peter, which is like, nah, man, I'm like, I'm the rock. I'm the rock. Like, you called me rock. I'll never leave you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, yeah, you're going to leave too. But it's all right. He said, because I'm praying for you that your faith doesn't fail. And he said, and, and, and the understanding of this whole scenario is that even when we're not, he still is. Even when I lose sight of my calling, even when I lose connections to others, even when I make a mistake, and I get it, right? Sometimes we have an addiction to our performance. Like, you know, I got to read the Bible more. I got to pray more. You know, I, and, and those things are good. But we're trying to do something. We're trying to do that so that we make ourselves feel good in about our relationship with God. Listen to me real quick. The secret to sustainable success is not in your ability to maintain your love for Jesus. It's in your willingness to remain in his love for you. Because even when you're not, he always still is. He's the constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same at all times, at all places, and for our people. He is absolute truth. He is absolute love. And when you understand that and you receive his love, when you make a mistake, look at me real quick, you won't run from God. You'll run towards him. Because you know that he's not counting up all your mistakes. You know. Now, that's, this is not a license to sin. What it is, it's a love relationship with God. So I'm going to live on the side of the common that says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. Because I love him, I don't want to disappoint him. Because I love him, I want to spend time with him. Because I love him, I want to get to know all his gifts and, 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 and the things that he put in my life, the purpose that he put in my life. And I want to give that away. And I don't want, I don't want to disappoint him. But it's not necessarily about that. It's because of my love towards him. Do you see it? Do you see it? That's the arena with which we live. So it's not a, just about, well, I got to do this. Let's just fall in love with God. I tell people all the time, hey, listen, people, they say, well, I got to get my life right. I got to, stop it. Time out. If you fall in love with God, those things will filter out. It always has been about a father and his family. Did you know that? The Bible has always been about a father and his family. When Jesus lost his kids, when Adam and Eve sinned, he lost his kids. And then God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that he could get his lost kids back. So what's our responsibility then? Well, you and I are the workers who bring the lost children back to the Father. That's what we're called to do. All right, that's not even in my notes, but somebody needed that. All right, so, so we got to fall in love with God. And here's the, first, here's the first commitment that God made to you. Watch this. He said, I commit to prioritize you. 
I commit to prioritize you. And in relationships, this is one of the places that sometimes we fail. And, and, and it's easy to let uh, relationships slip and let work come first. And especially in marriage relationship, let kids come first. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before, and I've had to ask my wife to forgive me for that. But God prioritized me. He didn't just tell us, he showed us. First John chapter 3, excuse me, First John 3.16 says this, and this is how we know what love is. How do we know what love is? That Christ gave his life for us. That Christ laid down his life for us. Now watch this. It didn't just stop there. He gave us a response. This is how we know what love is. Christ laid his down his life for us, and we ought to what? Lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. He did, so I can. He did, so I can. In fact, say that with me. He did, so I can. Number two, write this down. I commit to pursue you. This is God's commitment to us. God said, I'm going to prioritize you. And he said, I'm going to pursue you. He pursued us. God pursued us. Now, I'm sure, you know, um, if you all, if those of you that are married, those of you that have relationships, if you went back to when you were first on that pursuit, right? That, that hot pursuit. And then once you acquired and once that was established, some of us stopped pursuing. No elbows, no elbows. Let's keep it straight, everybody. But I'm telling you that marriage shouldn't just be about the, it, you, it should be a pursuit all the time. Got to get back into that hot pursuit. Don't wait for the feeling. Make the choice first. Come on, the grass isn't greener on the other side. They just painted it, right? They just watered it. Choices lead, feelings follow. Look, look, look at what he does. He said this, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. He said, look, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I'm going to barge it down. I'm going to stand at the door and I knock. And sometimes we're like, well, God, not today. It's not a good time. And you know what? He never leaves because you ignored him. Now he keeps on knocking. He keeps pursuing you. I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. We're going to share a meal together as friends. He promises, commits to pursuing me. He did it so I can. Number three, he said, I commit to possess you. Possess a sense of belonging. Like God, God considers you his very own. First Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession, his special people. His own special people. He did. So I can. The fourth thing that God committed, he said, I commit to protect you. I I, I commit to protect you. Because God knows, he always knew that there was going to be that day, that day that we had that storm that we're in, right? When we were in trouble. Psalms uh, 127 verse 7. This is in the New Century Version. I love it. He says, I will protect you. The Lord will protect you from all dangers. He will guard your life. He will guard your life. So we got to be the ones who protect each other. We got to do this. He did, so I can. He did, so I can. Number five is I will commit to purify you. I will commit to purify you. Do you know what this means? He said, he basically he's saying this, Aaron, I know you're going to mess up. 
but I'm going to give you a way out. I'm going to give you a way out. And how often do we need the grace of God? Every day. You know what's good about that? It says his mercies are new every morning. Whoo! Aren't you glad he didn't run out of mercy? Aren't you glad he didn't run out of grace for you? Aren't you glad it's, it's, it's every morning and not like his mercies are new three days from now? So I wake up tomorrow, I'll be like, I'm in trouble. I got a whole nother 24 hours before I get some more mercy. That was dumb. <laughs> Whatever, that was funny. I don't care what y'all say. So, he, but it's his delight to show you mercy. See, sometimes we think when, when we make a mistake, we think that God's all disappointed and all that stuff. There's no disappointment in the Father concerning you. When you make a mistake, he goes, that's why they need me. You know when your kids make a mistake? I'm like, that's why they need me. That's, that's it. Especially when they make their big mistakes and you just want to yell and scream at them and be like, Ugh. but then you just smile. Sometimes, you know, in the inside, you're not smiling. <laughs> On the outside, you're like, boy, you ain't never needed me more than you need me right now. <laughs> and there is a day of reckoning. But... <laughs> but God responds with, with grace. He responds with grace. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27. This is this. He says, Husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And I know this, this is the, the promise to not hold things against each other. Because I understand this scripture. It says, husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And there's another scripture that says, and wives respect their husbands. And sometimes we're like, we want to add, if they deserve it. And husbands, love your wives, if she deserves it. Wives, respect your husbands, submit to your husbands, if he deserves it. We like to add those things, but it doesn't, it doesn't say that. It just says you're supposed to allow it to go before you. And that's the power of forgiveness. It's the power of choosing to forgive in advance. Choosing to forgive in advance. Allow forgiveness to go before you. That means that forgiveness is already available for you. It's already gone before you in your relationships. So you're forgiving in advance. If we, would, if we would pursue that and we would look at that, then allow it to go before us, that means that there's already grace even, even the Bible says, and Colossians says, we have to make allowance for the mistakes. Make allowance for each other's faults is what the scripture says. I know some of y'all thinking, mm, pastor, you know what I'm saying? But we forgive in advance. We gotta forgive in advance. We gotta choose Joy in the midst of trials. This is God's promise to us. And this is what we need to promise 
each other. God said, I commit to prioritize you. And this is my promise to my wife. This should be your promise. I commit to prioritize you. I commit to pursue you. I commit to possess you. I commit to protect you. And I commit to purify you. He did so I can. He did so I can. Come on, say it one more time. He did so I can. Amen, everybody. Amen. Let's bow our heads today. Father, we just come before you. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for your word that moves in our hearts. We love you so much, Jesus. I ask you, God, that there be a performance of the word that was spoken tonight. God, give us the courage. Give us the understanding, Father God, to use these words of wisdom and move them in our relationships in every aspect. I ask you, God, that the seed that went down into the heart, into the soil of our hearts, that it's planted, God, and that when it's needed, there will be a harvest of that seed. I thank you, God, and I ask you to move supernaturally through all of our relationships. Help us to just truly understand the only way that we can love others is if we first receive your love for ourselves. And I ask you, God, that you would give us a full expression of your love. You said it in Ephesians, Father God, to pray that we would know the that, that, that we would know the depth of your love, the width and the depth and the love of Christ, that passage knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. So I ask you, God, that you move your power and your grace through our lives to not only love you and pursue you, but to love others as well. But God, more importantly than anything else, that we fall in love with you. And let that be the basis with which our life is lived. And and God, that when we're whole with you and we understand our completeness in you, then we can in turn give ourselves to others. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.